Hello and welcome to Wonderful. I'm David Pearl, the founder of Street Wisdom, and this is a podcast we've designed for anyone who wants to get some inspiration on the go. Today, a lot of us are listening to podcasts while we walk. Wonderful is a podcast designed specifically for that, a podcast to walk to, something to put a bit of wonder in your wonder. You're welcome to listen to this as you wander around your home or lying on the sofa even, you'll find inspiration is actually everywhere. But if you've got a bit of time, and let's face it, we've all got a bit of time, let's boot up and head out into the street. So hey, 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 wanderellas, wanderfellas, wanderbrothers, wandersisters, wanderers all, welcome. This is David in London welcoming you to what Andrew, our producer, has just informed me is season four of Wonderful. Hooray! Huge sounds of clapping, birds tweeting, cars honking. I thought it was season three, but apparently it's season four. My, how time flies when you're, when you're wandering, eh? Um, I am calling from London. Uh, the trees agree, as you can probably hear in the background. And um, I'm suffering a little bit from uh, hay fever. Around this time of year, tree pollen apparently is what does it to me and I asked Andrew if I could be excused and he said no get out there the world is waiting to meet today's guest and I, I, I understand that because she is totally wonderful um, Tina Roth Eisenberg is with us yes indeedy um, Tina what can I say about Tina she's got a quality that many of the guests of this podcast have, have got which is that they sit amidst a uh, successful glittery, multi-level kind of life with a look, slightly puzzled look on their face because it's, they're not quite sure how they do what they do. And I think that's because what they do is very much linked to who they are. It's certainly true of Tina. She is, in essence, I think if I were to sum her up, she's, she's all about creativity. Loving it, expressing it, encouraging it, celebrating it. Um, and because of what she does and how she does it, she can't but be successful. Um, ever since I met her, which is probably technically about a year ago, but it feels like an age, she's been an inspiration to me. And um, I think she'll be an inspiration to you, which is why we're connecting you up via the wonder of the podcast. Um, a little bit about Tina. Uh, some of you might know Creative Mornings. It's a worldwide network of, well, what it says on the tin, Creative Mornings. They're meetings that happen in the morning where creative people get together or people who want to exercise their creativity, get together and um, find each other, find each other, their, find their people, as she puts it in their manifesto. Um, someone called it the church of creativity. And it's, it's wonderful and it's simple and it's powerful, like many of the things that Tina does. On my uh, app, on, on, my, on my iPhone, I've got an app, a life-saving app called Tur-Deux, T-E-U-X-D-E-U-X. Check it out. It's the best productivity app I've ever come across and it came out of Tina getting frustrated with the world and, and, and wanting an app that worked and Shazam it's happened it's beautiful um, but maybe the thing that I'll start with is um, Swiss Miss she's got this uh, kind of uh, uh, nom de plume if you like a Swiss Miss she's known around the world as Swiss Miss for the blog that she writes about creativity which has got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers um, and we drop into the conversation around about where I ask her, who is Smith 
Swiss Miss. Where did she come from? And what is the secret behind this super successful blog? I'm a big believer that we design our life. And we are writing the play as we're in it, but we're also acting it. And to me, it's really beautiful. When you start looking at life as sort of like a, a thing of resonance, of like that Swiss Miss thing, I was like, that's fun. That's cute. I almost feel like the universe is like putting it in front of you and you can either ignore it or you can dance with it. I'm a, I'm a big believer no matter what happens in your life, it is because it comes out of you. I'm a big believer like your outer world is a and is an expression of your inner world. Oh yeah. And, Tell me more. and when you and when you when you look at life like that, like when things are going wrong in my life, or what I consider wrong, then now I just sort of go inward. I was like, okay, what is going on? Like what yeah. what what is what is dissonant? What is not, you know? So I just I I, I don't think it's a what people want and I give it to them. It is more of a like how can I play with what's coming at me and, and sort of tangle with it instead of, and swimming downstream instead of upstream. Oh, it's so great. That's so great. And there's so much in that. One is, is, is turning it into a dance rather than applaud, you know, or it's so rarely talked about when people talk about their careers and future, it's all so mechanical, but this idea of a kind of a dialogue, this sensed physical three-dimensional dialogue, it's very street wisdom, of course, you know, mm -hmm. the people listening to this know street wisdom and the whole idea behind that is, you know, can we, can we, can we three-dimensionally, you know, wander through life and see what presents itself as you put it you know see what the you know see what the audience is putting in front of you uh and also the i love the idea of this we're living a play that we're writing as we're in it what a mm -hmm. powerful what a powerful idea that is uh, again it reminds me of 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 the wonderful charles handy i mentioned earlier his philosopher who said he's great at questions and he remember he said to me sort of in passing Hmm, what would it be like to live your life as though it were an artwork? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, I think, in what you're saying there, which mm -hmm. is let's 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 play. Let, the word play has kind of got for a lot of people are like a kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, it's got a bad rap because it seems mm -hmm. trivial. But what I get mm -hmm. you saying is let's play with life. Let, what's mm -hmm. it? What's it sending me? And what did mm -hmm. you say before that the universe was cheering me on? Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Say more about that. What does that feel like? What, mm -hmm. what do you do to make that happen? How often does it happen for you? Well, I can tell you the moment I understood that concept for the very first time, it was a very pivotal moment for me. So it was, so I've always dreamt of coming to New York and I tried multiple times and they got shut down and that's okay. But then when I graduated from graphic design university and I was old enough just to say, I'm going to New York for three months, I didn't have to ask permission anymore. I, uh, I had a herniated disc and I couldn't walk for a week. And this was two and a half weeks out of me boarding my plane, like right when I was graduating. And I had to get um, an MRI done so I could see and had to take it to the specialist so he could quickly assess what's going on with my back. And I remember this is in Munich and I'm walking into this MRI place and I'm in so much pain. And all I'm thinking in my head is I want to go to New York. I want to go to New York. Like, it's just like, it was so in my body. I want to go to New York. So they put me down on this thing that they can push into the MRI machine. 
and they, the, <laughs> the lady comes and says, it's really loud in there. So we're going to put headphones on you. So it's not as, you know, uh, distracting and it has music on it. And I'm like, cool. And I was like kind of nervous and like a little scared to be honest. Like, you know, it's a tiny yeah. tube they push you yeah. into. Yeah. She puts the headphones on me and it's playing Frank Sinatra, New York, New York. Oh, and I literally teared up. I started smiling and she pushes me in and she, I saw her face kind of like, what is that? You know, like, <laughs> why is there a, and then afterwards, like 45 minutes later, she pulls me out and she goes like, why were you smiling when I pushed you in? And I said, well, it's a long story, but I, David, I tell you, that was not a coincidence. That no. was the universe telling me literally, we got your back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, then, <laughs> and then I arrive in New York like three weeks later. And I have one job interview lined up. I was so naive, David. Like I was Tina from the Swiss countryside thinking I could just walk in and like into office and say like, do you want to hire me? I had one tiny job interview lined up. And this guy, Matthew, talked to me for five minutes. And he says, Tina, three things. You will never leave New York. You will marry a tall Jewish man. And you got yourself an internship and sat me down. And I was like, oh, Okay. But so, and now I have these moments. I have so many of these stories, which I now call very clear. I have a magical apartment story, the apartment. I mean, there's so many of these moments where I literally feel like I have like a posse up there. I have a team up there that is cheering me on. Like, go Tina, go, go, go. And it's a beautiful oh. concept. I keep a list of these. Whenever I have a bad day, I look at my universe is cheering me on list. <laughs> and I realize, like, you know, you're fine. You're fine, Tina. I, I'm a big believer where it's all about the energy, like it's all about vibration. And when you're not believing in it, you're on the low vibing, like you, I don't know, you're in fear, you're in anger, whatever it is. And, <clears throat> and reminding, like looking at that list and reminding myself of the goodness, the, the, the goodness that has been continuously coming into our life, how the, the universe literally has my back where I know I'm being protected. I know things are going to work out. The sentence, things are going to work out. Even if it doesn't look like it, I always tell myself that. So I am at I all times when I sense my ne energy tanking, I do whatever I can to get myself back up. And, you know, as simple as going for a walk, petting my dog, pottering with my plants. Yeah. Um, and I must say ever since, I mean, these are the teachings of Abraham Hicks. I don't know if you're familiar with their uh -huh. teachings, but, but uh, I must say that has changed my life. It really has. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, it's this sort of agency, this sense that you you have a role to play. You're not just coping with what's happening. You mm -mm. can. Oh, there's so much more to say. There's so much more to say. Let's let's let's. One of the things that is, um, I literally, there's so many things. There's a logjam in my mind. I can't think of anything. <laughs> like, um, uh, but just like yes, sister, I get. Yeah, I get it. And I think. I think it's something that I have, I've had very dark periods and I've had very bright periods. And I think the, the brightness, um, and there's more and more of it, is to do, like you, I think, there's a sense of uh, what I call pronoia, which is this kind of the unreasoned assumption that everyone and everything is kind of on your side, even though they don't know it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I'll, and I'll often, when people show up as a difficulty, I'll, I kind of cast them as that in my movie it's like oh of course we need a villain of course we do 
It's actually, I love you for being so villains. In fact, something I often do yeah. with businesses is get them to cast the year and go to their boss and say, look, would you be the villain? Because you're so, the way you really wind me up is so <laughs> helpful for my story. It's powerful. That. That's amazing. But the, again, you are flipping it. You're oh. flipping it into sort of a humorous light, uh, light that the lightness is what yeah. I think a lot of people are missing in their life. Yeah. And, and you know, you wake up since funny this morning, I woke up and, and I looked at the news and, and I really some desperate stuff going on. But actually, in the Swiss Miss blog, you you open it up and it and you've, you've linked to Brene Brown, I think, who kind of gives you 10 minutes before you step out of bed is listen to this mm -hmm. to start the day well, which is my segue, Swiss Miss, to Creative Mornings, mm -hmm. which is kind of a thing that you've, this extraordinary phenomenon you've created, and it's something we've been partnering with Street Wisdom with. Tell us a bit, if you were just, Creative Mornings, a way to start your day creatively. What is all that about? What's it about? Mm -hmm. Um, so Creative Mornings is basically the, the community I wish existed when I moved to New York and I didn't know anyone at all. Um, so I moved to New York and I made a terrible salary. And like, you know, here I was like super eager out of, you know, just out of graphic design school. And I'm walking the streets of New York and I'm like, where are my people? Where are my people? You know, generous, curious, kind, creative. And, um, and I noticed that you know, this was in 99 that every, every um, profession was meeting in their silos. Like the art directors would meet up, the photographers would meet up, the, the graphic designers would meet up. And I'm, I remember standing there going, but wait, we're all praising the Lord of creativity. Like, what the heck are we doing in these silos? Also, the events were so expensive. I like, I mean, you know, I could not afford a $25 event at AIGA. I mean, it was just a fact nor could I, you know, afford any of these conferences. So I, I just very viscerally felt like, why, why isn't there something really accessible? And then, you know, as the years progressed and I worked in New York City, I, I started the co-working space I mentioned before. And I realized the magic of kind, creative humans every day around me. And, you know, we were, we, our office was overlooking Manhattan. We were on the East River in Dumbo. And my desk was literally looking at Manhattan. I was like, there's so many more of them. I like, I'm a human gatherer. I'm like, we need to call them in. So I, on my blog, just said like, I'm experimenting. You know, the, the, the advantages of having a designer mindset of just prototyping something, like the lightness of like, let's just try it and see how it goes. Yeah, and I opened, I opened the door on a Friday morning in 2008 and said, come on, come on in. Let's have breakfast in the morning. And it was so funny, David. As I'm a morning person. I, you know, in Switzerland, you just start really early. It's just like, I've always been a morning person. But back in the day, people were making fun of me. They were saying, nobody's showing up at 8.30. And what do you mean you're going to keep this free? And I'm like, no, we can do it. And here we are. Like, it just hit a nerve. People were so excited to meet up and just be amongst community. And there was, you know, it was free. It was very innocent and lightweight. And within, like, just one or two events, agencies asked us, do you want to host it here? And then that was really magical. You got to see glimpses of these agencies you heard of. And then within six months, we were in Google. And I remember, again, talk about the universe cheering you on. Yeah. I was like, wait, we're at Google? And also, within four months of doing this, I got an email from Ben Chestnut, the co-founder of MailChimp. Like, we love what you're doing. Can I support you? And I was literally sitting there going, I don't know. Do you want to pay breakfast? You know, and now it's 13 and a half years later. 
MailChimp has been the biggest supporter you can even imagine. Like Ben has become a friend and, and just a mentor and just and our, both of our companies have grown. And Creative Mornings has literally grown into a world, like in a, into the world's largest face-to-face creative community. And it's entirely volunteer run. I have an HQ of nine, but then we have 1,500 volunteers around the world who put these events on generously and open-heartedly in 67 countries, 224 cities every month. It is the most magical and like so a beyond me thing that I, I I sometimes look at our map and I'm like, this is insane. You know, mm. how mm. is this possible? I just started mm. this and never thought it would go beyond New York. Mm. Um, but again, I feel like I was dancing with what came at me. I wasn't yeah. when ch- chapters st- when people started asking me, can I bring this to my to my to my city? I could have said no. Or I could have said, yeah, let's dance and let's see how it goes. So it's 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 a very um it's very touching. I mean it's it's not been easy the last two years, obviously, if you're a face-to-face community, but just seeing the resilience of the volunteers and how much they're invested personally in this thing existing. Yeah. And and if you've never been to a creative mornings, I always sound like a, a cult leader, but I just if you can go to an event. Just go and feel how generous and kind these events feel. They're so innocent. They're so pure. Um, It's just people, you know, there's a team that puts these on just for their local community to meet up and it's free and you have breakfast and there's a talk. I don't know. It's just, I just, I want more. Like whenever I hear people saying, I started an event series because I was inspired by you. I'm like, yes, because the world needs more sort of, pure heart opening events like it's like street wisdom it's the same thing like you open yeah. hearts yeah um i i sometimes call it just like we're spanning a web of love around the globe yeah there's just so much cynicism and and distrust in and everything's just here to be monetized like i don't know there needs to be a bit more pure pure uh, honest innocent gathering opportunities i mean we're basically church for creativity like if you want to put it that way yeah no i completely i mean i'm so struck by your genuine surprise at seeing the success as you might call it or the growth because what started it from what your story was not hey i'm going to be in 87 countries around the world and we're going to but which is often how you know, people do startups with huge ambitions and business plans and so on. It started with a real uh, spark of something. And as you say, you prototype something because you love it. I, I'm, I'm thinking of, of of somebody who was also on this podcast, another generous guest, uh, Sir Tim Smith, who's, who set up the Eden Project. And I remember him saying to me once, David, if you love something and you're not insane, Millions of other people will love it too. You've mm-hmm. just got to find a way for them to find you. And mm-hmm. I think you, Tina, are, have got that thing. You know, you you're, you you love things, and you somehow uh, let other people. You find other people that love it too. It's 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 inspiring to see. It's inspiring to be, you know, to to to, um, to be part of it. And I want to ask you something else, which is, do you think? So we've used the word creativity a lot. It's one of those words that can you use a lot. It stops meaning anything. You know, what does it mean for you? Is there is there a link between creativity and the innocence you speak of, the beauty, the purity that you speak of? Well, why why is it important for you? Well, 
I don't know. I, I, I would say if you read our manifesto, we have a manifesto at Creative Mornings that we read at every event. And it starts out with everyone's creative and it ends with everyone's welcome. If you go to creativemornings.com slash manifesto. And I truly believe that living life means being creative. Like you cannot not be a creative human. It is in our essence of getting up in the morning and being in life. And, and I just am sad that creativity has been cornered in such a, like, you have to be a designer or a photographer. No, no. My, my super square accountant in his own way is very creative, you know? And, and for example, the story of our former COO it really, really moved me because she, she was in New Zealand and was worked as a lawyer and heard about Creative Mornings and was intrigued, but didn't dare to go because he had to work creative in it. She didn't consider herself creative. So there were multiple times she, she could have gone and she didn't. And then she moved to New York and it was in a soulless job and was really lost in a place just like, where are my people? And she heard about Creative Mornings in New York. And she pushed herself out of her comfort zone. She said, Tina, I was nervous to go because I felt like I didn't belong. And then we, she sat down and we read the manifesto where it said, everyone's, crea- everyone's creative and it ends with everyone's welcome. And there's more hard stuff in the middle. And she said she could sense her body relax. And she realized, no, maybe I do belong here. And I mean, my friend, Casper Torquile, who, um, who's a really interesting person who you need to meet, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he... he um, he wrote a book called uh, Something Rituals. Um, he's just really amazing. He went to Harvard Divinity School and he sort of became a pandemic friend of mine. And we went for walks and I told him a bit about Creative Mornings and whatever. And he would always laugh. When I told him this story, he said, you know, that's conversion. You converted Catherine. And then she became our CEO. And she's one of the most creative people that people I know. So these moments where I we... And, and, you know, that it makes me happy when we look through the people who sign up when yeah. they're not in typical creative professions, because yeah. all I want is people to acknowledge that that living like just living is a creative act. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I don't want to define creativity just by you outputting things that are on walls, you know, no. I'm, I've got it in front of me, the manifesto. Would you mind if I read it just to see as, as the listeners? Oh, please. If, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah? And, and maybe, maybe Andrew will put some music behind it or something because he's a clever guy like that. <laughs> so it goes, and, and listen, I'm just looking. I just love what you've written. Everyone is creative. A creative life requires bravery and action, honesty and hard work. We're here to support you, celebrate with you and encourage you to make the things you love. We believe in the power of community. We believe in giving a damn. We believe in face-to-face connections, in learning from others, in hugs and high fives. We bring people together who are driven by passion and purpose, confident they will inspire one another and inspire change in neighborhoods and cities around the world. Everyone is welcome. Hooray! It still gives me chills, you know, every time we read it. Now, what is the thing that, one of the things that zooms out of this is 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 the phrase, is the second sentence. So everyone's creative, a creative life. And what I love about that is, as you've said, it's not talking about to do creativity, but to live creatively. I had an experience. I've just been off, as you know, I, I went off for a little bit of a sabbatical and, and wandered um, in Europe 
um, and, and spend a lot of time in, in nature, which I hadn't before. Uh, and I began to sense, and it's still only a sense, that this word nature uh, links to this idea of your true nature. You know, we think mm-hmm. we have a nature, and but mm-hmm. nature is capital N, is the green stuff over there. And I began mm-hmm. to feel that they are the same and that at their heart, they are both create. It is creation. It is, in other words, for me, and it's still, I can't word it, but there's something about the life that is nature and the creativity that I experience that are very, very linked. It's an unstoppable quality mm-hmm. if you let it out. I mean, there are lots mm-hmm. of regimes in the world that are desperate not to let it out, right? And so mm-hmm. you talk about you talk about cynicism, and I, you know, high five there. I mean, I find. I find that along with lack of generosity, meanness, mm-hmm. uh, and unkindness uh, mm-hmm. are like such a turnoff. <laughs> I know. And you so. see it everywhere. They're kind of acceptable human vices. Like, yeah, part of all my professionalism that I'm, I'm cynical. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning of death. You know what it is, though? Because <clears throat> I've gotten, I've getting, I, I just can't. I can't have that in my life. I just can't. It really hurts me in my yeah. heart. Like it hurts me physically when I'm yeah. around cynical yeah. or, and, and then every now and then when I, when I start shutting down like that, because I start judging, you know, like to me, it's like, as Paul, uh, Michael Singer would say, he calls this closing, right? Yeah. What I have to kind of do is just remind myself that people that are cynical and hurtful and mean it's, there's basically just two modes you can be in my world. There's two modes. You're either in fear or you're in love. And whenever, when I'm around those people, I'm like, wait, like I'm trying to zoom out a bit and just be a bit more compassionate and say like, they're in, they're in fear. They're in pain. They're not in love. I mean, when I say in love, like they're not, you know, and I know this is super wool and some people are going to roll their eyes at this. That's Okay. That's how I operate because I sense it with myself too. Yes. When I get short-circuited or I start judging, I was like, Tina, whoa, get back into your heart. Yes. And be gentle. Yes. And so I almost feel like just a huge, and I think that's the purpose of Creative Mornings. I think people come to our events and there's such a purity with it and a kindness that just washes over you. Yeah. That so many times people come up to me afterwards and they literally have their hand on their heart and say to yeah. me, I don't know what happened in the last hour and a half, but yeah. I feel really good and I want to partake more. So to me, it's almost sort of an inherent uh, reminder of yeah. the inherent goodness of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we feel trapped in a world that just makes us cynical and afraid and like trapped. Yeah. I, I, I was going to, I was, it's like you're saying things that are in my head. You're, you're, you're vocalizing them. That thing of remembering, I, we see this a lot at the end at Street Wisdoms and in other things that we do where people, a friend of mine reminded me recently, Paul, he said, um, the guy I was traveling around with in, in, in Europe, he reminded me that when you say remember, it's reminding you, you are a member. And I think, 
you know, what I was getting when I was traveling is this sense of I'm a member of the more than human world, as they call it. Mm -hmm. the, I'm, I, I have a membership. And I think the same is true in Creative Mornings from what I've seen of it and in Street Wisdoms. People feel a membership of the community. I belong. Mm -hmm. I have a role. I'm not alone. There are others like me. And I think mm -hmm. in profound ways that we really haven't reckoned with, something in our education, the way we're brought up, is telling us, you are alone, Tina. You are a random collection of DNA that's just floating around the universe. You're, you're here today. You're gone tomorrow. There is no connection with anything else. Everything that, everything that you call uh, grace and synchronicity is a pure coincidence, a blah, blah, blah. When we live like that, when we live like that and when we forget our connectedness, yeah, it's pretty fearful. It's pretty fearful. <laughs> it really and I'm also is. reminded of, sorry, but I was reminded what you said, you know, the opposite of someone said, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's judgment. And this mm -hmm. sense that, that inside one's head, there's this know-all that's, that's judging and keeping the immediacy of the experience away and putting it kind of into a box out of fear, exactly mm -hmm. as you say. Mm -hmm. Exactly as you say, which is why, I, again, I raise my hat to you because like nobody else, it's easy to say, oh, everyone's creative. But very often what that means is, look, be creative the way I am. But, but where your creative mornings is coming from and that tapping into the innate creativity that is us, that is mm -hmm. us, um, is, is, is it's, yeah, it's a wonderful thing to see. Wonderful. And can I give you an example? Like in how, Please. so the thing that we've been hearing all along is like once a month is not enough. And we were like, what outlets can we give people to tap more into this? And then sure enough, the pandemic comes along and this thing that we've been prototyping that we called field trips, which started out to, which actually started out in New York city because we, our wait lists were so big that it killed me in my soul that we had 800, 1,000 people on wait lists on events that were already 500 people big. That I say, we need to flip this. Let's turn the wait list into something really good. So you get excited if you're on the wait list. Yeah. So we went to the, to the IDOs and the Squarespaces and these cool agencies and says, hey, would you want to host a small workshop for people who are waitlisted so they're really amped and they come into your space? It's like undercover hiring and whatever, you know? So we did that for a while. And people started wanting to get waitlisted so they could go to those events. So we did that for a long time and then the pandemic came along. And so we called these field trips and it made sense field trips because you went into an office, you could see another company, right? Which was really exciting. And uh, so the pandemic comes along and everything has to go digital. And we're like, well, then we'll move the field trips digital, which then really opened our eyes that even though I believed everything needs to be face-to-face -face in creative mornings. I had to be humbled and taught, no, not everything needs to be. Our field trips are now what I call a peer-to-peer -peer learning university built on radical generosity. And I mean, you've done a few, you, you've done a street wisdom one with our community, which is just beautiful. But we have people, like there was this one woman who did a potato carving field trip, like creating sculpt like making uh, figurines out of potato carving so delightful i think she works at npr i forget her name now i'm so sorry but she's so delightful that we hired her to do one with us at um hq at the end of the year and i was in awe and she even said like how am i now paid for this thing that was just a joke <laughs> i was just gonna like what can i give back to creative mornings 
And so now we have these people who are just good at something. It's not even their profession, but they love stretching or they're really good at making dumplings. And they're generously showing up and saying, yeah, I think I can contribute here. This blows my mind, David. Yeah. Yeah. It is extraordinary what happens when you let it. This is one of the lessons I think that nature was trying to teach me on my little trip was I got this. If you let me, Mm -hmm. you know, we, 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 you know, I produced you. So, you know, human beings have got this sense, we've got to work, we've got to make this. So many mm-hmm. businesses say, okay, we've got to make change happen. Really? I think you'll notice if you do nothing, change happens perfectly well right, without exactly. yeah. But to allow, it's an art to allow what wants to happen to happen, right? And you mm-hmm. seem to have, you know, I, 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 from my sense of view, you don't hang around. You're not sitting under you know under a under a banyan tree meditating you're you are putting a lot of effort in but there's a way in which you're allowing something to come through do you feel that mm-hmm. yeah and i one of the uh phrases i coined that i shared in a talk many years ago at to do lectures and for some reason people just keep picking it up is that trust breeds magic because oh. you know with the chapters like i remember when when people came to me and asked if they could um take creative mornings to their cities before I even considered that that could be a thing. I remember thinking, well, wait, I I first instantly went into how do I protect it? But it needs to be like the way I want it to be. And I was like, Oh, but then I was like, but wait, what if I just make a few non-negotiables and then I let people just make it better. Like it was almost like a closing and then a opening again to be like, well, well, what if it turns out better than you could ever imagine Tina? So we created the non-negotiables. We was like, yes, you can take it, but these are the things you need to adhere to. Like it needs to be on a Friday. It needs to be free. You need to upload a video. And then we said, we trust you. Go experiment. If you do something that works really well and makes the event better, tell us. And I tell you, David, the events are so much better now. And we've adopted, for example, the 30-second pitches that Toronto invented. We now have a musician opening the event, which Austin invented, like, and so on. Like trust breeds magic. When you, when you trust, trust is the biggest compliment of all. When you sense that somebody believes you can live up to this and you can do this, like you grow into that person. It's like, we have the most, you know what, every few years, like now because of the pandemic, we, we couldn't, but every two years we have what we call a summit. And the last one was in 2018, where we invite our volunteer community to spend two and a half days together. And I must tell you, like the first one we had, that was the first time that these avatars that we just knew from Basecamp threats and Slack threats, whatever, were in a room. I remember at the time, the my first hire, Kevin, my first COO, he and I stood there at one point. There was a room. We had people out of 35 countries fly in. Uh, this was in 2014. We're in this room with 175 people that put on these events around the world, that flew in from South Africa, from Asia, like all over, on their own dime. And I stood there and I remember like physically completely like overwhelmed and I started bawling and I looked at Kevin. I said, you know me, I don't talk about world peace, but for the first time in my life, I believe that world peace can be achieved if we create more communities like this, if more communities, and I'm not saying us, we're doing it. So it's just this generous, pure way of gathering and believing in in goodness and and generosity and creativity. Wow, like I said, 
Tina is a turbine of creativity. So much to think about, so much to enjoy. Of all the things she said, um, both Andrew and I agree that trust breeds magic. Should probably be, we should probably have that as a tattoo, what do you think? It's um, so much in that, trust breeds magic. I shall chew on that for, for days and weeks. So this is wonderful, and as you know, we end our podcast uh, with a little, you know, just think about what the guest said, we play with an idea and turn it into an experience. So here, for the next 10 minutes, I suggest that we, inspired by Tina, we do what I, uh, I call, or I now call, the design walk. And here's how this works. What I'd love you to do is for the next 10 minutes is to wander about, keep your headphones on, and start noticing how well the world is designed. Particularly the simple things, like I'm sitting on a bench at the moment. That's a pretty beautiful piece of design. Two sticky-uppy things and one a crossy thing. And with that, I can sit without getting uh, um, you know, mud on my trousers. So simple, so fantastic. The, um, the, the pavement, very helpful that it's, it's uh, designed to be flat and not to be you know, soaring up at a 45 degree angle, so much better. Um, and so on and so forth. Let's just see what that's like if we get appreciative and look at the small things particularly and notice how well they're designed whether they were designed by us or designed by something else. So here we go. If we go, slowing down, just taking a, see where your feet take you. Let your feet take your eyes for a walk. Let your feet take your eyes for a walk. Hey Wanderers, I, I don't know how that was for you, but I, I must admit, I had a really good time. I, um, well, I noticed, I'm, I'm in a kind of, a, there are trees around, as you can probably hear. And I was just thinking, I noticed that leaves are pretty brilliant. The way that they turn themselves towards the sun to, uh, so they can photosynthesize. You know, the human race is only just catching up to that. It's pretty amazing. And also, I noticed how uh, boughs and twigs have got elasticity in them. So they're designed, if they were rigid, like a, like a power pylon, they would, they, they, would, they, they would probably snap in a high wind, but everything's just elastic enough. And talking of elastic, the third thing that I saw that was amazing was shorts. A guy walked past with shorts, and I just noticed how clever shorts are. Um, you know, designed to expose the knees and with enough holes in them, two, two holes for the legs to come out of and one hole for the body to go into. Um, that's clever. I mean, that's simple. Andrew's looking at me oddly here, but um, it's simple, but it's clever. If there were only one hole for the legs or three, you wouldn't be smiling, Andrew, would you? You think about it. There's just something very reassuring to think about how well the world's been designed for us and whether we appreciate it well enough and often enough, I'm not sure. So thank you, Tina, for bringing some design magic into our lives. 
Um, there's in the notes you'll find out more about her various activities and keep your eyes peeled because Street Wisdom and Creative Mornings are going to be collaborating on something rather wonderful later, rather wonderful later in the year. So until we meet again, I'd like to leave you with a quote. It's one I heard in a business meeting recently. I thought it was really good. You may, may know it, and I've slightly modified it. And it goes something like this. It, uh, it was, I, th I think it's an African quote, but people always say it's a, an African or Japanese, or Chinese, whatever. But anyway, it goes something like this. If you want to go fast, walk alone. If you want to go far, walk with others. And what I would add is, if you want to go somewhere really interesting, don't walk wonder see you at the next episode of wonderful bye you can find out more about these mindful walking techniques at streetwisdom.org a global non-profit founded by david pearl street wisdom is an everyday creative practice you use as you walk to help you unblock your mind to find clarity and inspiration why not follow us at streetwisdom underscore for free guided in-person and online workshops. You got it. Walking workshops. You can also download our audio guides on Spotify. Just search for Street Wisdom. Happy wandering. <laughs>